0: European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 43, Issue 20, Focus Issue, Heart Failure and Cardiomyopathies by Editor-in-Chief Professor Filippo Crea, read to you by Morgan Bryan. Challenges in Heart Failure, from actionability of genetic variants in cardiomyopathies to new therapeutic targets. This focus issue on heart failure and cardiomyopathies contains a special article entitled Interpretation and Actionability of Genetic Variants in Cardiomyopathies, a position statement from the European Society of Cardiology Council on Cardiovascular Genomics by Eloisa Arbustini and colleagues from the Fondazione IRCCS Policlinico San Mateo in Pavia, Italy. The specific aim of this document is to show how clinical and family data are essential for the correct interpretation of genetic variants. Indeed, broadening the sequencing capacity of molecular genetic tests calls for an even more stringent clinical assessment, i.e. clinical phenotyping, to provide the correct interpretation of any findings. Mendelian cardiomyopathies are used as a reference to show how detailed, systematic, an iterative evaluation of patients and relatives not only can establish the pathogenicity of genetic variants, but can also provide a basis for personalized medicine in heritable cardiovascular, or CV, conditions. Correct clinical interpretation of genetic variants would be one of the key contributors to precision cardiology of the future, but requires effective partnership between clinicians, patients, scientists, and industry to maximize the benefits of genetic knowledge. Importantly, a genetic test supports and confirms, but does not substitute for a clinical diagnosis. Electrical disturbances such as atrial fibrillation, or AF, dyssynchrony, tachycardia, and premature ventricular contractions, or PVCs, are present in most patients with heart failure, or HF. In a state-of-the-art review article entitled, electrical management of heart failure, from pathophysiology to treatment. Ritz Prinzen and colleagues from the Maastricht University in the Netherlands note that while these disturbances may be the consequences of HF, increasing evidence suggests that they may also cause or aggravate HF. Animal studies show that longer-lasting left-bundle branch block, tachycardia, AF, and PVCs lead to functional derangements at the organ, cellular, and molecular level. Conversely, electrical treatment may reverse or mitigate HF. Clinical studies have shown the superiority of atrial and pulmonary vein ablation for rhythm control and atrioventricular nodal ablation for rate control in AF patients when compared with medical treatment. Ablation of PVCs can also improve left ventricular function. Cardiac Resynchronization Therapy, or CRT, is an established adjunct therapy currently undergoing several interesting innovations. The current guideline recommendations reflect the safety and efficacy of these ablation therapies and CRT, but currently these therapies are greatly underutilized. This review focuses on the electrical treatment of HF with reduced ejection fraction, or HEFREF. The authors believe that the team of specialists treating an HF patient should include an electrophysiologist in order to achieve a more widespread use of electrical therapies in the management of HEFREF and should also include individual conditions of the patient, such as sex, in therapy fine-tuning. Cardiovascular toxicities of anti-cancer therapies is a topic of growing interest. In a second state-of-the-art review article entitled Cardiotoxicity from Chimeric Antigen Receptor T-Cell Therapy for Advanced Malignancies. Matthias Totsik and colleagues from the University Hospital Essen in Germany indicate that chimeric antigen receptor, or CAR-T cell therapy, is approved for patients suffering from advanced and refractory B-cell and plasma cell malignancies and is undergoing testing for various other hematological and solid malignancies. In the process of triggering an anti-cancer immune reaction, a systemic inflammatory response can emerge as cytokine release syndrome, or CRS. The severity of CRS is highly variable across patients, ranging from mild flu-like symptoms to fulminant hyperinflammatory states with excessive immune activation, associated multi-organ failure, and high mortality risk. CRS is also an important factor for adverse CV events. Sinus tachycardia and hypertension are the most common reflections, similar to what is seen in most other systemic inflammatory response syndromes. Corrected QT interval prolongation and tachyarrhythmias, including ventricular arrhythmia and AF, also show a close link with CRS. Events of myocardial ischemia and venous thromboembolism can be provoked during CAR T-cell therapy. Although not closely related to CRS, changes in cardiac function can be observed to a point of AF and cardiogenic shock. This may also be encountered in patients with severe valvular heart disease in the setting of CRS. This review discusses the pertinent CV risks of the growing field of CAR T-cell therapy for today's cardiologist, including incident characteristics and treatment options and concludes with an integrated management algorithm. A substantial proportion of patients with HF with preserved ejection fraction, or HEFPEF, present with normal natriuretic peptide, or NP, levels. In a clinical research article entitled, Heart failure with preserved ejection fraction in patients with normal Natriuretic peptide levels is associated with increased morbidity and mortality, Frederick Wehrbucher and colleagues from the Mayo Clinic Rochester, Minnesota, USA, note that the pathophysiology and natural history of this phenotype remain unclear. Consecutive subjects undergoing invasive cardiopulmonary exercise testing for unexplained dyspnea at the Mayo Clinic in 2006 to 2018 were studied. FPAF was defined as a pulmonary arterial web pressure, or PAWP. Greater than or equal to 15 mm of mercury at rest, or greater than or equal to 25 mm of Mercury during exercise. Patients with HFPEF and normal MP, N terminal probrain type NP or NT pro BNP, less than 125 nanograms per liter, were compared with those with HEFPEF with high NT ProBNP, greater than or equal to 125 nanograms per liter and controls with normal hemodynamics. Patients with HEFPEF and normal NP, N equaling 157, versus high NT-proBNP, N equaling 263, were younger yet older than controls, N equaling 161, with an intermediate comorbidity profile. Normal NP HEFPEF was associated with more left ventricular hypertrophy and worse diastolic function compared with controls, but better diastolic function, lower left atrial volumes, superior right ventricular function, and less mitral stroke tricuspid regurgitation compared with high NT-proBNP HEFPEF. Cardiac output, or CO reserve, with exercise was preserved in normal NT-proBNP HEFPEF, 101% predicted, but this was achieved only at the cost of higher left ventricular transmural pressure or LVTMP, 14 plus or minus 6 mg of mercury versus 7 plus or minus 4 mg of mercury in controls, P being less than 0.001. In contrast, CO reserve was decreased in high NT-proBNP HEFPEF, 85% predicted. Patients with high NP HEFPEF displayed the highest event rates, those with normal MP HEFPEF still had a 2.7 fold higher risk for mortality or HF readmissions compared with controls, hazard ratio 2.74, after adjusting for age, sex, and body mass index. The authors conclude that patients with HEFPEF and normal MP display mild diastolic function and preserve CO during exercise, despite marked elevation in filling pressures. While clinical outcomes are not as poor compared with patients with high NP, patients with normal NP-HFPEF exhibit increased risk of death or HF readmission compared with patients without HF, emphasizing the importance of this phenotype. This manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Sanjeev Shah from the Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine in Chicago, Illinois, USA. Shah notes that to prevent diagnostic errors, clinicians would be well served by remembering the following mnemonic when ordering the BNP test, biomarker not perfect. The importance of the initial discovery and subsequent wealth of publications on NPs over the past 40-plus years in the realms of diagnosis, prognosis, therapeutics, and HF biology cannot be understated. Nevertheless, NPs remain only one aspect of our diagnosis and prognosis toolbox. Like any clinical test, NP should be carefully evaluated within the context of all other clinical information, and invasive exercise hemodynamics should be performed in patients with unexplained dyspnea if the underlying diagnosis is in question. Obesity is a global health problem associated with significant morbidity and mortality, often due to CV diseases. While bariatric surgery is increasingly performed in patients with obesity and reduces CV risk factors, its effect on CV disease is not established. In a meta-analysis article entitled Bariatric Surgery and Cardiovascular Disease, a Systematic Review and meta analysis Sophie van Veldehausen and colleagues from the University of Amsterdam in the Netherlands conducted a systematic review and meta-analysis to evaluate the effect of bariatric surgery on CV outcomes in accordance with the preferred reporting item for systematic reviews and meta-analyses guideline. PubMed and Embase were searched for literature up to August 2021, which compared bariatric surgery patients with non-surgical controls. Outcomes of interest were all-cause and CV mortality, AF, HF, myocardial infarction, and stroke, The authors included 39 studies, all prospective or retrospective cohort studies, while randomized outcome trials were not available. Bariatric surgery was associated with a beneficial effect on all-cause mortality, hazard ratio 0.55, P being less than 0.001 versus controls, and CV mortality, hazard ratio 0.59, P being less than 0.001. In addition, Bariatric surgery was also associated with a reduced incidence of HF, hazard ratio 0.50, P being less than 0.001, myocardial infarction, hazard ratio 0.58, P being less than 0.001, and stroke, hazard ratio 0.64, P being less than 0.001. The authors conclude that bariatric surgery is associated with reduced all-cause and CV mortality and lowered incidence of several CV diseases. Bariatric surgery should therefore be considered in these patients. The contribution is accompanied by an editorial by Geltrude Mingrone from the Università Cattolica del Sacro Cuore in Rome, Italy, together with Lydia Castagneto Gisi from the University of Rome, and Stefan Bornstein from King's College, London, in the United Kingdom. The authors conclude that this meta-analysis strengthens the evidence that bariatric surgery reduces all-cause mortality, CV-related mortality, and the incidence of CV disease and obesity as compared with standard of care. The healthcare community, insurers, and all other stakeholders should consider bariatric care as a viable option in subjects with CV disease and obesity. Cereblon, or CRBN, is a substrate receptor of the E3 ubiquitin ligase complex that was reported to target ion channel proteins. L-type voltage-dependent calcium ion channel, or LTCC, density and dysfunction, are critical players in HEFREF. However, the underlying cellular mechanisms by which CRBN regulates LTCC subtype CAV 1.2-alpha during cardiac dysfunction remain unclear. In a translational research article entitled Cereblon Contributes to Cardiac Dysfunction by Degrading CAV 1.2-alpha, Nami Park and colleagues from the Inje University in the Republic of Korea explored the role of CRBN in HEFREF by investigating its direct regulatory role in CAV 1.2-alpha activity and examining how it can serve as a target to address myocardial dysfunction. Cardiac tissues from HEFREF patients exhibited increased levels of CRBN compared with controls. In vivo and ex vivo studies demonstrated that whole-body CRBN knockout and cardiac-specific knockout mice exhibited enhanced cardiac contractility with increased LTCC current, or ICAL, compared with their respective controls, which was modulated by the direct interaction of CRBN with CAV 1.2-alpha. Mechanistically, the long domain of CRBN directly interacted with the N-terminus of CAV 1.2-alpha. Increasing CRBN levels enhanced the ubiquitination and proteosomal degradation of CAV 1.2-alpha and decreased ICAL. In contrast, genetic or pharmacological depletion of CRBN via TD165, a novel PROTAC-based CRBN degrader, increased surface expression of CAV 1.2-alpha and enhanced ICAL. Low CRBN levels protected the heart against cardiomyopathy in vivo. Now, me and colleagues conclude that CRBN selectively degrades CAV 1.2-alpha, which in turn facilitates cardiac dysfunction. Reducing CRBN levels could serve as promising strategy for HEFREF therapeutics. The manuscript is accompanied by an editorial by Vasco Sequeira and Christopher Mach from the University Clinic Würzburg in Germany. The authors conclude that CRBN is an attractive novel therapeutic target for CV disease but potentially also metabolic and other diseases and the presented findings will certainly stimulate the field to reveal in more detail the cardiac and systemic effects and therapeutic feasibility of targeting CRBN. The issue is also complemented by two discussion forum contributions. In a commentary entitled Alarmist reporting on the pandemic. Time to say no. Ambuj Roy from the All India Institute of Medical Sciences in New Delhi, India, comments on the recent publication, Multi-Organ Assessment in Mainly Non-Hospitalized Individuals After SARS-CoV-2 Infection, the Hamburg City Health Study COVID Programme, by Elena Larissa Pedersen et al. from the University Heart and Vascular Center in Hamburg, Germany. Thuerenbold et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that the listeners of this issue of the European Heart Journal will find it of interest.